Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Are you getting all bundled up? I am getting all bundled up. It's it's cold over here. It is cold over here. It's, and it's cold everywhere. <laughs> today on the show, we are uh, going to be speaking... Oh, hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Today on the show, we are going to be speaking with Tim Starkey. He is the international Mr. Bootblack 2010. Wow. We actually... This was a uh, request of a listener to do mm-hmm. something about bootblacking, so... Uh, we reached out and we got a we got a rock star. I love it when people ask for things and we can just reach out and pull in somebody to talk about it. Yep, absolutely. Um, and uh, not a whole lot else going on right now. Not. It's uh, the holiday season, and you know people are busy doing other things. And heck, we just did all our Christmas shopping yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it. This is probably the um, one month in the previous. Six or eight, and the upcoming eleven, where we don't have any presentations or anything mm-hmm. booked. So a little bit of break for us too. Matter of fact, we just came back from vacation. We did so, and we actually uh, we do a lot of traveling, but we work when we travel. So this one, we kind of made sure that that was not a possibility. Nope, we did a uh, a cruise in the Caribbean, a week mm-hmm. long, with no internet access. Exactly. So when I say it's cold here in Ohio, it feels doubly so because because I just. Put the shorts and the swimsuits and the tank tops and the, the sundresses in the laundry. So it's back to boots and bundling up. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and we don't have a lot to talk about as far as the cruise goes, as far as for the podcast's sake. I mean, we didn't have much erotic going on on the cruise other than our own <laughs> cabin, you know. Um, what we created. What we created. <laughs> And because I really, I wanted the international lover tag. Ooh. So as soon as we got into international seas, I wanted to be able to say. Well, so. You've uh, definitely got that. Uh, although we did get involved in a, a single adult game on the ship. There was an over 18 game. There was. Um, it was a, a mature scavenger hunt. And right. it's so not what I thought it was going to be. But um it was fun. <laughs> yeah. We might end up on YouTube if anybody was taking pictures. Fortunately for us, <laughs> and unfortunately for the people we are competing against, <laughs> we don't have a lot of... Uh, shyness. Shyness. A lot of uh, hang-ups. Right. So w- some of the um, contests... So the scavenger hunt went like this. They would say... You know, there would be four different teams, and we had actually like eight people in our team. Right, and there was probably 60, 70 people in the room. Mm-hmm. So yeah. four different teams and a lot of uh, voyeurs. Yes, <laughs> and they would say something like whoever, you know, the first team to have a guy come up with panties on their head, on his head, wins a point. Which, by the way, we got that point. We did, but it had to be warm panties. Yes. They were not allowed to be fresh out of somebody's purse panties. Right, right. So, yeah, we had a brave girl on our side, and it couldn't be panties. It had to be a (laughs) G-string. And it worked out well. It worked out well. She was beside me. Yeah, so, yeah. And the, um, (laughs) so there's, there's, there's one, like, you know, the first 
people that'll come up and um, uh, swap clothes completely. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, you know, a lot of people on the other teams are like, oh, gee, are you willing to do, I don't know, are you going to, I don't know. You and I, we were up there, we stripped. And I think we actually stunned some people with how we, quickly we stripped and we, switched over yes. each other's clothes. So, and well, we had help from our team, too. Yes. So <laughs> as, as you're putting on one piece of mine, they're helping me put your shorts on. That must have been a sight. <laughs> yes. And as it happens, so the contest goes on like that. We, uh, our team crushed the competition all the way through. And for our trouble, we got two bottles of champagne. Do, do, do. <laughs> you and I happen not to drink that. We don't drink. So, so the rest of our team a, enjoyed that. We put a lot of work into that. So, but it was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and then of course we won't bore people with the rest of the Caribbean thing, but if I ever, I'll put a picture or two up somewhere so people can go see it. You know what? You actually got lucky in that clothes swapping thing. Did I? Because I was wearing biker shorts under my dress because mm-hmm. it was so windy outside instead of a pair of frilly panties. <laughs> So you got lucky, but that would have that would have gone over well too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it just it's, it's kind of funny. So, well, you know, to step into the idea of the whole erotic awakening aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to not really to be in to be cognizant of who I am, and I just don't have a lot of issues with how people perceive me. Right, you right. You know, it was, you know, it's nothing to go to an event and be naked because mm-hmm. everybody at the event's naked or they're mm-hmm. there to see naked people at least, right? Right, right. And it's interesting to me that nowadays I can be in a situation where, I mean, when I took off uh, <laughs> my underwear the, for the first time and was standing naked for the in front of the rest time. of our team, yep. <laughs> Uh, one of the girls on our team uh, gasped and covered her eyes and oh, yeah. was really shocked by the, 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 the sight of a penis. Yeah, and we had two other men on the team. And one of the things was, and of course it started out really kind of like R-rated and worked its way up to the X-rated. Yeah. But um, one of the things near the end was um, we needed two pair of women's underwear and two pair of men's underwear. Okay, now, they didn't specify this time that they had to be warm, so one of the girls grabbed two pair of underwear out of her purse, because, you know, we knew what kind of scavenger hunt it was going to be, and then they needed two pair of men's underwear, where you stripped yours off, and you're trying to talk to the other two men, one of them, to at least follow suit, and they were just sitting there stiff, there's no way you could, you could have pried them up off that couch, let alone get their underwear off. No, no, absolutely. Um... (laughs) So, and both teams were like that. Yeah. You know, well, all four teams. And, and they were in there with the idea that they're in here to play this game, that we're all over 18 consenting adults. Yeah. Uh, another point, a point that we lost was the first, um, um, was that they wanted two women to go up there and kiss. Right. Okay. We got that point. Right. And then there was, all right, we want right. two men to come up there and kiss. Mm-hmm. Now, by uh, default or by choice, I normally don't make out with guys. Right. Not my personal taste so far i haven't met a lot of men that i'm attracted to mm-hmm. but uh, hell, i'm willing to <laughs> kiss a, a guy for a point <laughs> hell i kiss there's certain guys i kiss in greeting you know? right it's right. just the way i happen to kiss them there's uh-huh. certain guys that's the way we greet each other um and i'm sitting there telling you know looking at the other guys who are there i'm looking i'm saying, guys come on it doesn't make you gay it doesn't mean anything let's it's get a, a point <laughs> right and they're like, oh, oh. so no. i don't know maybe uh, you know what, what the other funny thing is, though, is that huh. a lot of people were even drinking. 
Yeah. And they still weren't uninhibited enough to just be able to jump up there and do it. And, you know, and I'm not really ragging on them. You know, hell, that was me 10 years ago. Sure. But, you know, but just to be sober and, like you said, cognizant of what we're doing and having fun with it. And oh, it was so cool. <laughs> it's really funny to think uh, that cognizant and in control of mm-hmm. myself, you know. Yeah, I took my pants off of people and waved my whacker around. <laughs> you put my clothes on. <laughs> and I put your clothes on, and there was a point where I had panties on my head, and I put lipstick on, and oh, da yeah, da da I remember that. <laughs> but I was completely in control of myself. I was having a good time. You Helping know? to put a condom on someone else's head. Yeah, that didn't work out <laughs> no, too well. No. The condom was too small, or the head was too big. I don't know. <laughs> but... um you know, it's just funny to think. I, I look back at that. I don't have any regrets. We're just having Mm-mm. fun. And the, the whole idea of the the taboo against nudity, the taboo against men kissing men, the taboo against women wearing women's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're silly to me now. You know, right, I, right. I don't have any. They're just they don't they don't bring me any value in my life. Mm-mm. So, to to each his own. I'm glad that we were able to reflect that aspect of ourselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so enough of that fun. crew stuff. The only, <laughs> the only other interesting thing about that is we could not find anyone to play one of our sexist fun card games with. No. We didn't really try that hard. We didn't try too hard. So, but uh, yeah, we actually had to like live in vanilla space for a while. So, but met some really interesting people and had some great experiences. So, awesome. Um, I did notice though that you know, we mentioned living in vanilla space. It didn't mm-hmm. really, it would be interesting to reflect sometime on how that in, impacts our power exchange relationship, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't go vanilla just because we live in vanilla no. space. No. But we also, I didn't run around, you know, drag you around on a leash either. Right, right. You know, because that's not, neither one is appropriate for us. Though I would have case. liked that in some of the shopping crowds we were in on land, <laughs> just so I wouldn't lose you. You know, I'm holding on to your belt loop and I'm like, you know, my collar would come, or a collar and leash would come in really handy right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we didn't flaunt it or anything like that, but they were still definitely there in the undertone. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we've done recently. We mm-hmm. did the big vacation cruise. Yes. You'd mentioned we have some upcoming teaching stuff, though. We do. We're um, actually got another project in the works. We're go- we're going to be doing some teaching online. So we've got some dates that we're putting together with that, getting the technology together, and really looking forward to that. So not only will we have the pre-recorded workshops that that we've done that we'll have online, but we'll also have some live interactive type stuff. So we will have more information on that coming up soon. I hope. Good deal. So, looking forward to it. New projects. Yep. Uh, more information about that kind of stuff coming up. Yeah. So, now, we'll p- probably end up just doing it a little bit at the beginning of the year because our main focus is the international contest. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And that's coming up in February. Yes. And along with uh, Winter Wickedness, where we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of radio shows. So, the beginning of the year, uh, January, February, very busy time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're pretty much booked for the rest of the year as far as having, you know, we, we have a nice pace going. We're not hard. Right. We have very few weeks where we've got week or uh, very few parts of the month where we've got back to back stuff. Right. But we've got something going on every month. So that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that. And of course, Christmas is right around the corner. Yes. It's very cold in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's very nice in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's about it coming up. 
That's about it. So the holidays, I'm sure some people are still last minute shopping. Remember to keep your um, kink vendors in mind for those naughty loved ones. Um, so we got that coming up, uh, but that's about it right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so as more things come up, we will share about them. And of course, listeners, if you have something coming up that you think people will be interested in, let us know. Absolutely. So the question of the day is thus very, um, you know, we get this question fairly often. It's great to review it on occasion. Mm-hmm. The question is a, um, uh, what advice would you give people who want to get started? Want to get started in the actual MS relationship? Not necessarily the, but the alternative lifestyle. Okay. Getting right. um, so they maybe they've been uh, listening to the podcast, or they've been sitting around on Fet Life, maybe, or some of the other mm-hmm. message boards, or they've been jerking off to just some hot erotica <laughs> that includes bondage and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. like, wow, I want to, you know, maybe it's time for me to to actually get involved in this. You mean? What we were doing, well, FetLife wasn't around then, but what we were doing, the masturbating, to, no, <laughs> before we got started in real time, yeah. So, so what kind of advice would you give? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, on one hand, I gotta, I gotta say, you gotta go have a little bit of an attitude about things that. Time is going to pass you by unless you act. There used to be a, um, a great commercial, and it was for the Navy, I think. And it was like, if um, somebody read a book about your life, mm-hmm. would it be interesting? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, that things like staying home and, and jerking off to tentacle sex videos... <laughs> And mm. thinking about bondage or thinking about master-slave relationships or thinking about your fetish, thinking about uh, trying same-sex relationships mm-hmm. is a good way to start. Mm-hmm. And then you got to do something about it. You, you, for myself, I'm a big fan. Of you. Don't sit around and think about this stuff too long before you put your toe in the water. Get started. Give it a try. Now... How to get get started is, um, you know, fortunately, in most cities now, there are fairly popular groups. Yes. Don't get started by making contact with somebody on Collar Me and then heading over to their house to have oh, a seat. No, no, right? no, no, no. Um, if, you, if that's how you get started by saying, you know, meeting somebody on Collar Me, that's great. And say, hey, can we meet at a munch? Mm-hmm. Can we meet at... Now, a munch for people that are newer to things is simply a, ga- a vanilla space gathering of kinky people. Mm-hmm. It could be a variety of groups put together, munches, BDSM groups and fetish groups, a variety. They get together in, normally in bars or restaurants, right? dress in your normal everyday clothing, mm-hmm. and they show up and they say, oh, look who's here. Yes. You know? And they have an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit. And you find out that we're all pretty non-scary people for the most part. Mm-hmm. So... Um, to walk through that fear, step out and make contact with real people, you know, living the life. Get offline. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll, I'll stop holding back <laughs> on that rant. Before we go on to, before we get on the podcast, I'm digging around on FetLife and I'm looking at all the posts and all this kind of shit. And, um, yeah. You know what? If you're, your experience is in front of a computer screen, then shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know, just just shut the fuck up and go out there and experience things. Stop trying to right. teach other people 
how to do this and what you think and what your opinion is and what your philosophy is. And, and go out there and come back and share, here's what my experience is. Exactly. Um, so you can see, yeah, okay, so I'm a, little, I'm a little ranty, I'm a little triggered, but man, I'm just so, it's really interesting for me when you see people out there giving other people advice when mm-hmm. you know, you know these people it's, it's, They're not it's, limited. Yeah, it's very frustrating when um, someone answers the question, what is a slave? And they're like, oh, well, this is the way it should be. This is it. When I have a slave sometime in the future, right. you know, this is how I'm going to do it. And you try to explain to them, you're living in your imagination. You know, you're, you're not taking into effect some things that will come up, you know. So to hear someone talk from philosophy and what they would do if that you know it happens compared to someone that has the experience you know it it can get very frustrating so absolutely advise people to step through that fear and go out to a munch yeah so to get off of our little soapy boxy rant Mm -hmm. and get into the actual question what advice do you give people want to get started give yourself permission to go out there and get started. Just go to a munch, go to a, an event. Go to a munch, an event, yes, and absolutely. And you know what's great, and that I've seen a lot of groups doing lately, mm-hmm. is if you're a little nervous about going to a munch by yourself, sometimes they will have... Um, like a liaison. Like a liaison, mm-hmm. or a buddy. Yes. You know, you write the owner of the group, you know, and you say, hey, I'm thinking about coming out to your group. I understand you guys got 40 people coming to your munch, but, you know, I'm, not, I'm a little nervous about going there about, you know, for the first time. I can appreciate that. We were too, mm-hmm. you know, and we can still, if we're going to a brand new group of something that we're not involved in, it can be a little nervy, yes. right? And they'll say, okay, well, you know what? I, Joe has been around here and, and, you know, definitely find somebody who's the same appear of yours, right? Right. If you're uh, a female submissive, then say, well, here's another female submissive mm-hmm. who's been around for a couple of years and everybody knows her and she's going to meet you outside. Right. And she'll talk to you a little bit. And if you decide to come in, great, come in. And if you don't mm-hmm. want to come in, don't come in. Mm-hmm. That's cool, too. Um, certainly, if you're in the central Ohio area, you and I know oh, enough people. Absolutely. Or do it ourselves. We'd be more than happy mm-hmm. to get you involved. Take you, know? you to a munch. Take you to a swing club. Take you to an event. Take you to a party. Take you to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit down and talk with you. Have coffee. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that love to do that. They, they love to help the newbie. Yeah. Try whatever fetish it is. And, you know, and there's also support groups for some of the fetishes. Trans, shoe fetish, you know, femdom. There's just everything. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of real-time stuff. And I I tell you, um, at the end of your days, you're going to regret the things you didn't do a lot Mm -hmm. more than you're going to regret the things you did do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're going to look, you're going to, you might sit there and go, oh boy, I went to that one munch and had a shitty time. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, that's a lot better than, you know, so, I, I thought about spanking the whole, you know, my whole adult life. I thought about how cool it would be to be a spanker and, mm-hmm. and now nah, it's not, too late. Yeah. And then not doing it. So, you know, go about it safe. Everything we've said has involved safety of some measure. So, you know, do it safe and just do it. Give yeah. it a try. This, this podcast so far has some weird energy to it. We, this must be the post-cruise energy. It must be. We never so. rant. No, not you know, too much. What the much. fuck do I care what you do? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, you stay on Pet Fet Life and, and give yourself the name Lord Master Raven 
dragon <laughs> tongue lasher. No. Tell everybody the right way to do it. What no, do I, I want to help everybody. I, I want, you know what? If, if someone hadn't held my hand to begin with, because I started out kind of online when it was IRC, and if someone hadn't reached out to me here local and said, hey, I know of this little event going on where you can try out these different things, you know, and that's what I did for the first experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sucked in that breath. <gasps> okay, here I go. You know, had that first spanking and, yeah, haven't, haven't looked back. There you go. <laughs> if you'd like to contact us and tell us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, or, um, by the way, we normally record the podcast on Monday. Or if you'd like to be a co-host on the podcast and you live in the central Ohio area. Mm-hmm. Then you can get a hold of us in a variety of ways. Yes, a variety of ways. So we have Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. And there's a uh, the Facebook, Erotic Awakening, one word. Voicemail, 206-309-0054. On FetLife, we can be found as the group Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter, we're Dan and Dawn. I wanted to mention really quickly before we get into our primary topic, the podcast awards... Thank you, everybody, for going out there and supporting us, getting us nominated and uh, for voting for us along the way. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of feedback from people saying they went out there and voted every day. We did not win. So, well, we couldn't even vote the last week because we We were on a vote. So, we did not win this year. We did not win, but thanks for the support. It was was fun. It was fun anyway. Thanks for the support, and uh, hopefully. Uh, we weren't too annoying telling you to go vote, vote, vote. <laughs> I felt so annoying. It's like, okay, it's a new day. Can you go vote, please? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the primary topic of the day is boot blacking. Boot blacking. My first memorable uh, experience with boot blacking was, actually, I had a number of experiences the same day. I had my first cigar. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was at the last uh, GLLA. GLLA, right? And this is not really my first experience with boot blacking, but it's the the one that I want to share. It's my first mm-hmm. memorable, aha, getting it moment. Yes. Um, we had gone to the what they call the Ash Bash, and mm-hmm. what that was was uh, a section of the Great Lakes Leather Alliance um, event where you can go outside, and they had uh, cigars. Right, and, and brandy. And brandy. It was a um, travel fundraiser mm-hmm. for the boot blacks. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was uh, four boot blacks out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, and what boot blacking is, and Tim's going to explain this, it's simply, it's, it's um, polishing boots. Right. But not so simple. So. No, it's, it's not at all simple. So, and we, I sat there and I got, I had a cigar in one hand and had somebody uh, taking care of my, and taking care of my boots mm-hmm. and was talking to the guy and I really got starting to get the feel for it. And, and Tim's going to do a much better job than I will of the, than more, it's, it's more than just, you know, when you see somebody at the airport, uh, they used to do this. I see the station still, but I don't right. see people doing it, you know, sitting in the chair, getting their shoes shined. Mm-hmm. Now you happened to shine my shoes this morning. I did. I sat in the floor and I was, um, you had worn your shoes, your black shoes for work. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of uh, elegant dinner nights on the ship, but we had walked the deck afterwards, so I was afraid you might have some salt on them. So, you know, I scrub them down with the saddle soap, mm-hmm. make sure I get all the salt off, and polished them up and buffed them and made them all nice and shiny again. So, and I absolutely love doing that. It is, it is very much a form of service to me. And um, a couple of years ago, I actually um, took some lessons from Rabbit. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. And, um, right. So me and um, uh, someone else, so um, at the time, went to Rabbit's Place and um, was given a lot of instruction on how to do this. So I still have my original stuff from my kit from doing that. Mm-hmm. And I do your shoes, what, about once a once a week now? Once a week, yeah. So at least one pair and your boots and things like that. So And you just had Boy Drew over not too long ago. I did as well. Yeah. So Boy Drew, I, I wanted to find somebody local. I got my first pair of really good boots that I, I really want to take care of. So these are not snow boots. These are <laughs> event boots. And mm-hmm. uh, Boy Drew uh, asked if he could come over and do my boots for me. So I kept my boots on and got comfy and he went to town on the boots. And, you know, it's just amazing to, to watch him unlace the boots. And I have an extra piece of leather on the tongue. So I took that piece off and polished it separately and was giving me hints knowing that I want to, you know, learn some new tricks with yours. And, you know, it was just very amazing. And just to watch the piece that comes over his face mm-hmm. as he's tending to these boots. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing to watch. It's very meditative. So it, it is, and it's a really interesting process. And it's one of those things that much for me, much like pony play, it had to be experienced yes. to be understood. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds simple having someone shine your shoes, but having um, the person at the Ash Bash and in other situations where people are polishing my boots, it's a very subtle form of, um, and I don't even know how to describe it. I was going to say, for you know, it can be a power exchange. Mm-hmm. It can be a fetish. Mm-hmm. It can be erotic. Um, and it, it takes a variety of different tones. Now, uh, we're fortunate that um, we got to see a boot black competition at a um, local event here not too long ago. Right. Where, um, and it, as it happened, uh, uh, Piglet. Mm-hmm. was named the Mr. Boot Black. I think the title is actually Ohio Mr. Boot Black. I think so. And Gidget is Ohio Miss Boot Black. Yes. So that was really interesting composition, competition, competition to watch and to listen to, you know, what boot blacking is for them and how they do it and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, because they show that, because for boot blacking, I mean, you know, for us going for a master slave title, we have a lot of questions to answer. We, you know, talk about our dynamic. We live our dynamic. We show our dynamic. You know, we do a lot of stuff like that. Well, a boot black has questions to answer and stuff, but they also have to boot black a pair of nasty, ugly, dirty, old, trodden, well-worn boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they, they do a lot of work. And, you know, and at these events... There's usually somebody boot blacking from the time an event opens until at the leather events. Oh yeah. Until it closes. So whew, I'm serving your tea and <laughs> taking off your shoes and they're they're buffing everybody's boots. Mm-hmm. And it was it was um, pretty interesting at uh, the Chicago event we went to not long ago, mm-hmm. uh, Kinky College. Yes. There was a person doing boot blacking. I was like, oh, great. I get my boots taken care of. And mm-hmm. they were busy with somebody. They just started with someone else. Right. I'll come back later. I went shopping, came back. They're mm-hmm. still working on it. And I said, okay, well, I'll go do this. And came back. And they're still working. And this person must have spent at least two hours on one pair of boots. It's really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So, Dawn. Yes. You polished my shoes earlier today. I did. You have polish. You I have, have polish. a kit. Mm-hmm. Are you a boot black? No. Why not? 
I am a slave that likes to boot black her master's shoes and boots. So um, I would say I am not a boot black um, because my interest is, mm, you know, I'll have to look at that, but, but my answer still, still remains because I'm more interested in doing your boots or someone's boots that you've told me to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a passion to do everybody's boots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the boots, which is what I'm getting with a lot of boot blacks. It seems to be about the boots or the fetish or erotically turning them on, you know, things, things like that. So, but no, I'd say I'm not a boot okay. black. Okay. Um, well, Tim Starkey is. International <laughs> Mr. Boot Black 2010 is a boot black. So let's hear what he has to say. Okay. So, Dawn, recently one of our listeners, Gretchen, as a matter of fact, long-time yeah. listener, long-time mm-hmm. fan of the show, said, boy, it'd be nice if you guys got on a boot black. I'd like to hear more about boot blacking. Nice. And, and fortunately for us, we happen to get Tim Starkey on the call, the International Mr. Boot Black for 2010. Tim, thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's, it's, no, it's our pleasure. Uh, as international boot black, as we were talking a little bit, you're pretty busy, so we appreciate a couple minutes of your time. <laughs> Someone with a busier schedule than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've got one year to do it, so I'm going to be as busy as possible. There you go. Now, a lot of times on the show we talk about uh, sexual stuff and kink stuff and BDSM stuff. And just erotic in general. Erotic in general. So we're all such good black. topics. Thank you. So, and I guess we should start by, I want to ask you where boot blacking is, is in all this. But let me start off even before that for people that may not be familiar with it. What exactly is boot blacking? What are we talking about? Sure. Um, well, first of all, actually backing up to your original question, it's all of those things. It's BDSM, it's kink, it's leather, it's fetish. It could be a variety of things for a variety of people. But what a boot black does is it's somebody with a heart and a passion for caring for boots and leathers um, uh, and caring for the people who are wearing them. Um, But it crosses all of those things. Like for one person, it might be more of a fetish. For another person, boot blacking might be a service thing. For another person, it might be a way of raising funds for their community. Um, each person does it for different reasons, but for all of them, it's about heart. Okay. And so what we're talking about it is literally the act of shining boots and taking shining care of Shining boots or caring for boots, because, of course, not all boots are shiny, and not all boots are meant to be shiny. Um, so it's about caring for leathers and caring for people's boots. And a lot of it stems back to culturally, um, when we look at the leather community that started after World War II, you had a lot of men coming back from the war. They knew about leather care, and they, while they started to get together for social functions, it was still important for them to take care of their gear. And so right. sometimes people who are more service-oriented would help care for people's leather. And, of course, the biggest leather item they had was their leather boots. Mm-hmm. So, um, now, I actually had um, someone come to the house recently that wanted to um, black my, my brand new. It was my first pair of boots. And, you know, we've got... Uh, we just ran for title, and we've got another uh, title contest coming up, and they really wanted to come over and do my boots and yep. wanted me to wear them and, you know, 
have the whole experience. And right. I, I must say, I was impressed. I really enjoyed myself. Right. Well, and, and each person's going to approach it differently. I, I'm similar in the sense that I don't like doing boots if somebody's not wearing them. I mm-hmm. want a person in those boots. And it's not yes. always a, it's not always a sexual thing um, for me. I do know people who boot blacking is very erotic. For me, it's about service. I want to feel the energy of that person as I service their boots and help take care of them. Yes, and that's that's what was going on here. And they specifically said that it would not be a sexual service. Yep. So I had to ask about that. You know, how would it be a sexual service? How does that differ? Well, that, that's a much more um, – we go back to the definition of safe, state, and consensual in our community so often. Well, boot blacking mm-hmm. can be the same thing. It, if two people agree on some level that they want to go into a sexual or very highly sensual energy, then it could involve boot licking or using body parts to rub up against the boots or – the person might put the boots on the person on their chest or something like that, where, where there's more exchange going on as opposed to just service and receiving. Okay. So if you are working on my boots, what are you – are you hoping that, I, that I, it, it brings a certain feeling or a certain sense out of me? Um, what I'm hoping to instill in people is, number one, making sure that they know that their their boots are a foundational piece of, of clothing, and, it, and it's, a, it's something we need to take care of. I mean, it's like taking care of oneself. Your boots can last you a lifetime if you take care of them. They carry a lot of history in them, and I want people to enjoy them. But I do want, while they're receiving the service, for them to take a certain level of pride in it and to feel it. As I'm touching the boot, I want them to feel the touch of what I'm doing. Um, I love different products that have different odors, and I'll even like hand the product to the client, let them smell it, and let them experience it so that they can get the whole sensory piece. Nice. So, well, like I said, I know the person that did mine was totally enjoying what they were doing. And I could tell that they took pride and what they were doing, you know, they're taking the shoelaces out and making sure they've got every nook and cranny and telling me what they were doing, and it was just, I liked it. So how did you find out you were, you were, were wanted to be or were going to be a boot black? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people come into the scene that they're exploring their kinky side <laughs> with all these leather people. Um, was that something you saw someone else doing and say, ah, oh, that's me, or, or, or why do you think you were drawn towards being a boot black? Well, I think it's like so many different things that we find in, in, in our world that sometimes it's just when you experience it, you just know immediately. And mm-hmm. years ago, I had taken a series of classes with uh, GMSMA, Gay Men's Cinema Activists out of New York, over six-month-long training with them on various topics. And one day I saw a training that was going to be held at the Gay Lesbian Center in New York, and it was on boot blacking. I'm like, what the hell is that? Even though I had seen it being done in leather bars, I really had no clue what it was. I was like, something telling me I want to attend that. So I went to it, and five minutes into it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so what I need to be doing. Um, that You'd have a hard time guessing, but I'm very introverted. And especially when I go out to a gay bar, I can be very quiet, very introverted. And Boot Blackman gave me a way of interacting with people. Um, people would come up and get in my chair. <laughs> nice. 
Now, do you consider yourself um, obviously service-oriented, but where do you fall in the scale? Do you consider yourself submissive? Does that even come into play in that, or is that separate? It's a great question. Um, I, I think often people do associate blacks as being more sexually submissive, and it's definitely not the case. Um, I know okay. the blacks who are tops, the blacks who are masters, the blacks who are slaves, and the whole gamut. Um, myself, it, it's very much about, I, I, I would say I'm more of a, a, in the gay world, bottom, but I'm not submissive to people. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be submissive. Um, so. Some people might refer to it as a pushy bottom, I guess, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not submissive. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as becoming the international uh, boot black, I think you had to go through at least a few feeder contests to get there. Some sort of um, actually, there's no feeder contest required for uh, um, IMBB. There are three okay. different there are three different international titles for boot blacks. One is called International Mr. Boot Black. That's the eldest title. That one's been around for the longest. Um, mm -hmm. Then there is International Ms. Boot Black, which is a sister contest to International Ms. Leather. And okay. Then the third contest, which came about a few years back, is International Community Boot Black. That one does require feeder contests for it. Um, but okay. International Mr. Boot Black and International Ms. Boot Black does not require feeder contests. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, um, I chose to do IMBB um, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, I had just finished my year at Mr. Boston Leather, and several friends knew that I had been boot blacking for almost 10 years, and they were like, Tim, you should be doing this. You should compete for this. <laughs> this sounds familiar. <laughs> So I did, and I won. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. That's right. It, it, the contest is an amazing experience. I mean, you're, you're very vulnerable when you're doing it. I mean, basically, International Mr. Boot Black is a vote-based contest that people who are attending the event get to vote. Um, and there are you're just doing as many boots as you can during the weekend. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I estimate that I did about 165 pairs of boots over three days. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's it, a lot of work. It, it was a blur, but it was a wonderful blur, but it was a blur. <laughs> now, do you have to do, like, interview questions and things like that as well, or is it more about how you do your boots? For the International Mr. Boot Black, right now the contest has always been purely about obtaining votes, so it's really about community, it's about the people's opinion. Okay. Um, okay. So I, as you're interacting with them, as you're talking to them, as you're doing their boots, they're making the decision of how they want to use their ballot to vote. Oh, oh nice. nice. So I, I'd have to uh, perk up my flirt skills a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I actually did a, a little bit of flirting. I, I basically, for the weekend, wore underpants and a um, rubber apron and boots. Nice. So, that works. So I was like, okay, if I'm, I'm going to get votes, I better get votes any way I can. There you go. Now, just, uh, when we go to contests and such, it's not unusual for boot blacks to be 
working on boots, but you'd mentioned taking care of other leather pieces as well. Yep. And Don and I are a little familiar with leather history, and, you know, I wouldn't hand my, uh, my master's cap to just anybody or my vest, um, but do you, end up, do you end up working on people's earned leathers like that? Well, again, this is a based upon different boot blacks, different things. There are some boot blacks who will only do boots. Um, mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, will help people with any of their leathers uh, that need care, as well as I've even helped people with their rubber gear if it needs care or toys if they need care. Um, that, that's For me, it's about giving – my primary focus I love is boots, but if somebody's in my chair and their chaps need some work as well, I will help them. Nice. Okay. Um, so – I, I want people to learn to take care of their gear and you know, know that there are people out there who will help them do it. Very cool. Now, I understand you're also the uh, the producer of the Mr. Boston Leather Contest, right? Yes, lots of fun. Um, Mr. Boston Leather Contest is a feeder contest to International Mr. Leather. Oh, okay, okay. And I had won the contest back in 2009, had a blast. At, uh, actually, the contest was 2008, was Mr. Boston in 2009, had a blast doing it. So when I stepped down, I started working with the bar to become the producer for the contest. Um, and that's held every September in Boston, and it's a great time. Nice. So you like to work a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that piece. I, I Well, Part of my goal for the year is I've been traveling around a lot, seeing different communities. And when I started out the year, I really had this attitude of I wanted to inspire other communities and other people to do things. And what I'm walking away with halfway through my year is I'm seeing amazing communities um, in the pansexual community, gay community, lesbian community, and cross-over communities. People are doing things. And there are so many communities that people are involved in doing things. I guess my big thing to people is to say, if you don't like what's going on in your community, then get involved. Do something. Um, Absolutely. Find your interest. Find your niche and just be out there. Um, The current Mr. Boston Leather, his charity of choice, is working for a group home called Waltham House, which is a group home for GLBT teenagers who have been kicked out of their homes. Oh, nice. Uh, and so he and I have teamed up to help provide some charity fundraising services for them. So, and that was a question I was going to ask you, is you had talked about um, doing some charity work. Mm-hmm. So I'm understanding that you do a lot of charity work. Uh, absolutely. Well, as a boot black, um, some boot blacks do it for a fee. Some people do it for donations. Some people pocket the money. Some people use it for travel funds. But a lot of boot blacks use the money that they raise for boot blacking for charity services. Um, over the years, I've given uh, money to Boston Lions Gay Lesbian Youth, to Queer Spirit Camp, which is a teenager, um, uh, uh, 18 to 22-year-old um, spiritual retreat for queer youth. Um, and now I'm actually, this year, I'm donating money to the International Mr. Boot Black Travel Fund. But next year, right. we'll go back to one of the youth groups again. Okay. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Now, I guess, Tim, if you don't mind, one more question for you. Sure. If, if you know, if, if I want, if I said, wow, this really sounds great and this is something I want to do, how would I get started in becoming a boot black? Well, I, 
Number one is if there's somebody in your community who already is bootblacking, approach them and ask them if they know of any classes, because a lot of bootblacks do hold classes periodically. Um, for places where there haven't been classes, uh, there are some good online materials, or I even have a 10-page handout that I've written on how to bootblacking boot 101 type thing. Um, anybody can connect with me on Facebook, God Love Facebook. Um, my Facebook is Tim Boot Black, so it's very easy, Tim Boot Black. Okay. Uh, and they could connect with me, and I would email somebody my handout on it. Nice. And and you do, uh, I know that you do a lot of presenting and judging, and, and you do presentations not only at Boot Black and on other BDSM stuff as well. If someone wanted to get a hold of you for any of that, would that be that, that same Facebook page? Facebook would be the best way to get a hold of me, yeah. And, and Facebook's also fun because as I've been traveling around, I get to meet people in other communities and have them go, oh, I'm one of your Facebook friends. <laughs> I don't <laughs> what you're doing this year. Um, <laughs> so it's always fun to hear from people who's, who've said they've seen your picture on Facebook and seen what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, you get back to the hotel room and you do a quick search about the person. You're like, oh, that's who that person is. <laughs> very cool alright Tim well thank you very much for being on the show tonight very much appreciate it my uh, pleasure nice to hear what, more about Boot Black and what all's involved well thank you so much for inviting me and definitely keep up the great work that you guys are doing it's wonderful to be out there educating their communities and letting them know what is available here for us I'm very kind of you thank you very much well take care now thank you have a good night Coming up next week, Screams, Squirms, and Squirts by Robert Rupel. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Visit Adventures in Sexuality at adventuresinsexuality.org. O-R-G. Org. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Erotic Awakening. You're welcome. <laughs> Please help support our podcast by rating us on iTunes. This helps to let us know what you think about the podcast, as well as let others know about it. Just by <laughs> Want to be part of Erotic Awakening? Want to share about your favorite kink in an event, a podcast, or a book? Toss us an email, Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Let's hear what you have to say. Live broadcast and chat room supports provided by Mystic Radio. Find out more about Mystic Radio at mysticradio.org. Erotic Awakening appreciates the support of Maui Kink, creators of distinctive and superior toys for the kink and BDSM community. Visit them at mauikink.com. <laughs> Did you know you can buy an Erotic Awakening t-shirt? or various selections from the Erotic Awakening audio library, visit the Shop and Support page of the Erotic Awakening website. 100% of what comes in from the audio library sales goes to our Title Defense Travel Fund. The dollar we make when you buy a coffee cup goes to printer cartridges for the podcast. Thank you for your support. Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leather Heart Foundation, a nonprofit charitable organization dedicated to assisting those in need within the kink and leather community. Find out more at leatherhot <laughs> leatherheart.org. Music heard on Erotic Awakening is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. 
More information at music.podshow.com. Merry Christmas, everybody, from Dan and Dawn. Merry Christmas, yes. Bye, Dan. Bye. (laughs) Can I say bye, Dawn? You can.